to a single serving podcast. This is where we change the discussion around being single into one that doesn't suck. I'm your host, Shaney Silver. I'm the author of the Refinery29 series, Every Single Day. I'm also a writer based in Brooklyn who's been single for 11 years. I think that being single has ruined enough of my life for enough of my life, and I know I'm not alone. Let's get started. Okay, this is the first episode of a single serving podcast. Welcome. Um, I'm your host, Shaney Silver, and um, with me today is Jessie Jellis. Hi, Jessie. Hello! <laughs> I'm so excited to have Jessie here. She is a comedian that I connected with through my column on Refinery29 called Every Single Day, and um, we met for coffee for two hours that felt like two minutes, and I think that she has a lot of really amazing things to say, a lot of really amazing jokes to make about the space that we're in, and I'm absolutely thrilled to have her here, so welcome. Oh, bless you. It was so fun getting coffee. <laughs> it really was, and we're going to do that again. Yeah, I know. I felt so much better after. I did too, actually. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Okay, we'll do it again. Yeah. Um, now that you know about our social plans, I'm <laughs> so excited to kick off this podcast talking about um, all kinds of things that affect single women that are a part of single women's lives, that are expanding beyond the traditional... Um, you know, dating advice, dating zone, where everything is centered around, um, you know, if a single woman's listening, it must mean that she wants to meet someone to not be single anymore. And I tend to think that we care about more than that. So I'm excited to talk about more than that. Yes, definitely. Um, Awesome. So let's get started. Um, Yeah. First question for you, is dating funny? I think yes. I I think dating is funny because people are funny. Like naturally, people that you meet are funny and unusual and... Um, with dating, there's like extra nerves involved, mm-hmm. which can heighten anybody's sort of uh, natural quirks, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, so I think dating's so funny. That's what I had to turn dating into, something that could be funny for me, because I felt like it was a waste of my time. And tell people what you've done with dating to make it funny. Yes. So I host a live show in New York. I co-host it called No Such Thing as Love. And it started in my therapist's office. When my therapist, I was telling her, like, I feel like dating is a waste of my time. Time is so precious to me, and I'm going on these dates with people, like, that I wouldn't give the time of day if they were, you know, like... The problem is, I also, you get worried about hurting people's feelings. That's something I have trouble with that I've been working on. Because we're people, and we don't enjoy hurting other people. Yes, exactly. I hate that. It's, yeah, I'm like, be tougher, but then I never (laughs) am. (laughs) Very sensitive. So, um, I started making dating something that was fun and worth my time. Mm -hmm. That even if I had a bad date, I had a great story. Yep. So, then dating became more fun for me, and uh, something I was able to make content out of. Yep. And so I just had a series that launched with JFL Just for Laughs that's called It's a Date with Jesse Jollis. And where can people find that? On Just for Laughs YouTube. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> so check that out. Um, so Jesse's being super modest about that, but um, you need to go and watch It's a Date on the Just for Laughs. Just for Laughs YouTube channel because it's the funniest three minutes of your day, I promise. First of all, it's three minutes and you definitely have the time to watch these videos, but the first time I watched one, I was laughing so hard. Um, I think the first one I started with was about high heels. (laughs) And then I slowly progressed into the one about being ghosted uh, with the mensch on a bench that was Mm -hmm. just absolutely hilarious. So um, please check it out. It's 
so funny and it's a wonderful break in your day with comic relief particularly if you're single but also just you know if you're human I think right. you might find it funny also <laughs> yeah. um I agree I think dating is hilarious I think being single is hilarious yeah um I try to think that it's funny in the times when it makes me the most sad and that sort of mm. helps like yeah my favorite example is whenever I have to put something large inside of a bag, Yeah, I never have anyone around to hold the bag open. <laughs> yeah. So it's those little, like, yes. menial tasks that require four hands and you only have two that could make me really sad, but instead totally. I try to take a minute and be like, this is hilarious, and I've just spilled yeah. the contents of my Target shopping entirely on the floor. Absolutely. I think whenever I fill out an emergency contact, yep. I'm like, okay. How long is mom going to be on here? Like, how long is And how this far away crazy? does mom live? Right. And what's the time frame I'm <laughs> yeah. getting from A to B right. in an emergency? Essentially, I'm saying, just let me die, but let my mom know, you know? Uh, just identify me yeah. and let them know this happened. Truly. Yeah. Or moving. Oh, I just moved, and during that, you're just like, oh, I'm alone. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. But... Boy, do I wish somebody could help carry any of this. However, TaskRabbit, my favorite dating app. <laughs> I was drinking water when she said that, and it was just really gross. But um, uh, I need more. The oh, best. Yeah. Okay, think about it. It has pictures of them. Yes. It has to have pictures. Great. Yeah. It has reviews. Yeah. Ooh. Reviews about, like, he was on time. He was polite. Oh, my God. He can fix things. This I'm like, yeah, I'm in love. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I'm hiring my boyfriend. <laughs> And there's consequences for their negative behavior. Like, right. if they're terrible, the reviews will show it. There will be a consequence. Yes. It's not like it happens in this dating vacuum where you can ghost no. on people and there's no public way to shame them or to ward off other women. Other exactly. Than, like, perhaps a voodoo doll, but I'm not necessarily into that. So right. Not above it. Not above it. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Oh my God, I so never those reminders. What are other reminders you have about being single? I reminders? Think that's so funny. Oh, there's so many. Um... Usually when I'm sick is a really big reminder when I get a cold and there's no one to baby me or take care of me. Although I will say, um, shout out to my parents who are (laughs) probably one of the four people listening to this podcast (laughs) right now. My my parents always send me, particularly my stepdad always sends me uh, grilled cheese when I'm sick through like Seamless or whatever. I don't know how he found it because he lives in Texas, but he found Seamless and now will send me a grilled cheese whenever I'm sick, which is super sweet. That's so sweet. But there were like a good five years before that that I was just sort of on my own Mm -hmm. and in pain and lying amongst the tissues um, with no one to, no one to not necessarily make you feel better, but make you feel like someone cares. Right. Brings me soup. Brings you soup. Something like that. So it's really just me and various delivery people when I'm sick yep. and, and they remind me <laughs> I'm cared for, even though they're like holding the bag out as far as they can yeah. because they don't want to catch what I've got. But, um, so I just, the, the way that I remedy that though is um, making sure that my, my freezer and my like tiny Walgreens that I have yeah. in the cabinet in my kitchen are just always stocked with what I need so I don't feel like I don't have what I need on hand if I happen to come down with something. Yeah. Um, there are ways around it, but yeah, those are the moments that, that are very much a reminder. Yeah. Um, and they suck sometimes, but there's also room for humor in them. There, yeah, always humor. I mean, even when you're dating, I think what I find so funny is what I learn about myself. Yep. Like, every person I go on a date with or start dating, I'm like, oh, I'm literally just going into therapy with more ammo. Sure. Like, I'm like, this is what happened yeah. to me this week because this happened. So I always find that really fascinating. Yeah. And then the idea is, like, from every person, I just keep growing into, like, who I want to be. I love it. Yeah. I do the same thing. I just do it on Medium. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's my therapy. If it happens, I'm going to write about it. That's generally how that goes. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, what do we want to know next? Oh, you know what? Hmm. So in making, in making your Just for Laugh series and yeah. doing your live show, what is the biggest challenge you face as someone who is turning single into something funny? Because I think for... A lot of people, especially a lot of people outside of being single, meaning the marrieds, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it, it doesn't necessarily come across as funny. That's kind of a hard thing to think of as funny or to think mm-hmm. of as lighthearted. I think the first thought, I know the first thought in many married people's heads when they think of their married friend or when they discuss, yeah, when, sorry, when they think of their single friend or when they discuss their single friend when she's not around, yeah. um, it's coming from a sad place and it's coming sure. from a place of like sorrow and they wish that you know she could find someone or something like that. It's just, yeah. it's coming from that immediate sad place yeah um so I think it's important to discuss like Mm -hmm. what your challenges are in making it funny and maybe open people's eyes to that yeah um I definitely know you're talking about like that pity feeling yeah um well I think in my comedy like when I do stand up I talk about how I had an eating disorder how I had trichotillomania and pulled all my hair out like how um I anything that was a trauma I try to talk about it as often as I can because it gives it less power. Yep. So this it's the same with dating. It's not something that I consider like makes me less than or anything. It's just a fact about me. And like these are funny facts that are happening to me. And the reason I'm talking about it is because I'm fine with it. So a lot of times, you know, the way people interpret it and sort of how they see it, if they were, are so afraid to be by themselves, they would consider that, you know, sad. Yep. But, I mean, ultimately, I feel happier than I've ever been. Um, you know, I I don't put up with what I used to when I was a younger woman and sort of was like, at least this is something. Like, now I'm like, no, it's not worth my time. Like, bye, see you later. I think that's really important to expand on because yeah. getting to that place is not so easy. And, in you know, my first instinct is to think that that comes with age. Mm. But I don't want to be ageist about it. And I want to acknowledge yeah. that maybe there are women who are in their 20s doing this who, right. who think the same thing and will put up with the same, you know, limited amount of bullshit. Yes. Um, but I do think it's a really hard place to come to as a single woman however old you are, however long you've been single to arrive at the place that you just don't have to participate in the things that make you feel bad is an amazing thing. And I I find that I enjoy spending time with women who have sort of come to that realization as well. Um, and I'm now making a podcast that I hope they listen to. Yes. So it's, I think it's really, really important to take the time to acknowledge when you've sort of made that mental change Yeah. because I don't think we're societally raised to think of being single that way ever. Yes, I think it has to do with confidence. Yeah. Like, I think that when I was younger, I wasn't as confident, but some of my friends, like, were. Yep. And that's what actually makes them so attractive. Yeah. You know, is they're confident and they don't put up with certain things because they have, they see value in themselves. Mm-hmm. And, like, for me, in my early 20s, that was really hard for me. So I essentially... Uh, spent time and was surrounding myself with people who saw me the way I did, which was as a floundering piece of shit. So like I surrounded myself with that almost to reaffirm my thoughts on myself. Yeah. You know? And then as I've gotten older and started to like myself more, I'm like now. Yeah. And even if people don't find it attractive, I find it attractive in myself. Cause I'm like, I love that. I like am able to say what I want, do what I want. 
it's that then it works for me. I find that attractive in you as well. So you're Thank not you. alone <laughs> at all. It's there's so much of this that has to do with self love and loving yourself. Mm. And I hate it when people say you have to love yourself so that you can then meet someone. Right. No, you have to love yourself so that you can love yourself. Right. That's the end game. That's the end of the rainbow. Like that's right. that's where we're going with this. Yeah. And so much other good comes from that. And it sounds super cliche to say like the you know you just have to love yourself. Right. But you kind of do, and I think loving yourself and loving the way you are and loving your situation can come in many forms and there are many different ways to arrive at it for everybody. But getting there is what helps you deal with how difficult other things can be Mm -hmm. um, and sort of steel yourself against the, some of the crap that flies at you. Yeah. For example, your absolutely hysterical YouTube series, (laughs) um, it comes with some negative comments. Oh, yeah. That's a mild, that's a mild description. I'm sorry. I don't want to frighten away anyone. That's a really mild description, but it's it's pretty brutal to read the comment section. And I myself have dealt with many a brutal comment section. Mm -hmm. And I know we're told, just don't read them. Right. But I don't think that's realistic because I think we're humans and we're curious and we want to know what's being said. And we also want to keep ourselves open to praise. Right. You know? Yeah. So I don't want to avoid the comments. I want to know what's being said because I think one way or another it's teaching me something. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, (laughs) making sure that it's not teaching me that I'm a terrible person is super important. So um, any advice for sort of stealing yourself against... Um, things coming at you as a single woman that are, um, I know, bullshit. Like, yeah. is there a way to, to feel better about that or to steal yourself against that? Well, I think ultimately when you're single, you realize, like, you're your number one cheerleader, too. So it's sort of putting yourself back in that role and talking yourself through it the way you would with a friend. And it's like, okay, these are these are crushing comments for my soul. And normally what I find fantastic is that uh, it's very easy for men or people to attack your body, which yeah. is something that's, that's my sensitive spot since I had an eating disorder. And, and that's something that, you know, my body is something I constantly am working to love. Mm-hmm. I love myself. My body is something that it takes me time. And like when you come to my apartment, there are post-its all over, like affirmations from when my mom came and so they're everywhere and I do try to like read them listen to them but when people go after my body my first instinct is like I knew it this is my biggest fear like they're going after the thing that I feel like I don't have control over or I feel like is my you know sensitive spot my weakness and then I remind myself like okay that's the worst thing that you thought would happen and happen how are you you're fine your body didn't change overnight. Sure, maybe you're not his type. <laughs> you know? I wish you guys could hear me nodding my head with every single thing that Jesse says because it's so on point and so true and so relatable because I think these feelings are pretty universal for most people. Yeah. It's hard when someone insults you. Very it's hard, hard to take that. It's not fair. Right. I think, and it's to some extent probably always going to happen. We live in the internet. Yeah. But it's how we process that that I think makes it makes all the difference in the world. Totally. I remember reading a quote, I think it was about writers, but they said, um, when someone tells a female writer she isn't good, she believes it. And when someone tells a male writer, he says, fuck you. Mm-hmm. So I think of that too, which is like, don't believe it and say, fuck you. And like, you poor troll sitting at a computer under a bridge writing mean comments because <laughs> you have nothing else to do. It's like, at least I affected them on some level. 
that, you know, doesn't affect my character, and I just have to look at it as a comment that disappears in the ether. I just like to thank them for increasing my engagement rate. Right. <laughs> that's, that's where I like to come from. Yeah. That's, that's where the place I live in. But um, It's yeah. a good place. It's a good place. But no, it's very difficult. And I think, um, like, also another comment that people say, obviously, on this series is, like, I, can, I know why you're single or, like, how could yeah. anybody love you or whatever, which, again, to me, I know that's a little crazy. Feels like a bit much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like a little bit much. A tad too much, perhaps. Uh, yeah, you yeah. know, they, um, I get that a lot too. And I, I feel that. Yeah, yours, I see that, that yeah. oh, a yeah. lot. Oh, which yeah. is, I mean, yeah, such an uh, attack on that. Or like you're, I think, emotional, you're too sensitive. Oh, yeah. You're a, oh, you're a bitch. Well, yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, that's just hitting the nail on the right. head there. Then you uh, really got it. Yeah, no. It, it helps to remember that um, these people don't know you. Right. Uh, they know your work. Right. And beyond that, they keep engaging with your work. Right. So, you know, if I read something or see something that I don't particularly enjoy, mm-hmm. I move on pretty quick because, right. uh, you know, I'm a busy girl. Right. Um, and time I is don't, money. <laughs> yeah, time is money. So there are things that, that I want to do and the ways that I want to spend my time yeah. that um, just bring me more joy and help with, you know, that whole self-love thing mm-hmm. so I just don't waste a lot of time on things that don't resonate with me and the a big core of where I think these comments come from is that we've created an internet culture that sort of thinks that all of the internet has yeah. to please all of the people right and that's not going to happen at no. all um, so the reason why I like the volume and variety in the internet is that you can find what speaks to you you can find mm-hmm. what you like there is genuinely something for everybody and I right. think if something is not for you um, you know, I'm tired of saying ignore the comments. I'm right. I'm ready to say stop making them and right. start having more positive conversations. Right. And um, yeah, I don't. But you know, the fuck you works as well. The I, fuck you works it, it as helps. well. It helps a lot. I think also I do remind myself like you didn't you made this whatever it is for the younger you. That's normally who I'm making my content for. So regardless of how other people feel, it wasn't for them. It was for her. Oh my God, such inaudible head nods. <laughs> That's really, really true. Everything that we've talked about in the last like 15 minutes, right. like, everything we write and everything you've ever mm-hmm. reported on YouTube, I wish I could have said to myself at 25. Exactly. I, just, I don't know if she would have understood it. Right. I think sometimes you have to live through yeah. a, bit of a, a bit of a fire to understand. Yeah. Or and, to... Develop your perspective, I guess. Right. And realize you are being bombarded with information, products, things to buy, things to do that are telling you you are not complete the way you are as single and you need to fix yourself or your situation in order to have the best life that you're not living. Yep. So, that, I mean, being bombarded with that when you're younger, you're like, geez, sure, like, this seems like a problem. <laughs> or that we're not actually even living our lives yet. Right. Until we've met our partner. Crazy. While they're fed, your life is over when you meet your partner. Yeah. Like, could, right. there be, could anything be more at odds? I can't. Like, I, I feel like being single is actually really easy. It's dating. That's hard. Totally. Did you have, like, an aha moment with that, too? Realizing, like, being single is okay? Yes. Very, very much so. It was, um, it was Thanksgiving about five or six years ago. I can't remember now. I think I was about 31. I'm 36 now. Mm -hmm. And I was in the back of my mom's car. And we were just running some errands for Thanksgiving. And I don't know where this thought came from, but I'm so grateful that it showed up. 
it was just this moment where I was like, this isn't bad. Right. You get to be this. Mm -hmm. This is a thing you get to be. You don't have to keep trying to end it. Mm -hmm. And if you've been dating for years and years and, you know, you're never in relationships and all you're getting is these, you know, people call them horror stories, just all of these bombardments of negative and things that you have to think, things that you feel like you have to survive rather than enjoy. Because mm-hmm. dating's supposed to be fun, right? So fun. So fun. <laughs> so it's fun. Um, no, I, I realized that I didn't have to keep participating in this thing that was making me unhappy. Mm-hmm. And that being single didn't have to make me unhappy in the first place because it wasn't me right. that was telling me single was bad. It was all of the outside influences and me soaking up society, essentially. Right, right. And so I just stopped doing that. And I, the happiness level just, it was, it was literally like a, a physical, palpable yeah. happiness. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how that happened. Um, has that happened to you, Jesse? And the weight lifted. Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh... Once I started making comedy out of it, ultimately I realized for a very long time I wasn't actually ready to be in a relationship. So I was out there being horror stories for other people, truly, and I (laughs) I can acknowledge that because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't like myself. I didn't like anyone who liked me because I was like, you're a fool. Move on. So I mean, to be fair, there's a high probability that that was actually true and how sweet you know yeah but but I truly couldn't accept it so I was the horror story so now that I've gotten older and now that I'm dating I'm you know I think for me it's even hard to consider it a category because I also make friends in my life like yeah. you and I have now become friends how cool you we know have new friends we have new friends and they say making a friend as an adult is hard it's like is it or are you not doing it like the if there was as much information about how to make a friend friend as there is how to please a man or get a man oh god speak the truth you know like that's essentially what i want when i do find the person is like it should feel like a great friendship that has other parts to it but like to me if you're spending time with great people like i'll never consider making friends a hobby and yet dating is one and the amount of time people put into doing it i'm like Learn archery. That's cool. (laughs) You know? Adopt a pet. Right. Learn to bake. Right. You know, there are other ways. It's not a hobby. It's not something you can be, quote, good at. Thank you. Can we say that one more time? Just for the cheap seats in the back. I know. Dating isn't something you can be good at. I love it. I love it so much. It's really true as well because someone, one of my jokes in the series is like, I am an expert on dating because I've only been dating for 10 years. And the whole point is... I'm clearly not good at it, or I would be with someone married, not dating. What is good at dating? That's what I'm saying. It doesn't make sense, because essentially you're friends with people, but juggling them, not being fully honest, but, like, it's selfish. It sounds like if you're good at dating, you're good at being selfish and lying at people so you're juggling with them. I don't even, I don't even know. Or, like, you can lock it, I don't, I don't know either, to be honest. You lock it down quickly? Maybe it just means you're good company over two glasses of wine. I don't know. The point is, it has no value in who you are if it you're, quote, good at dating. It does not. There are so many other things that do. So right. many other things that do. Um, I love that. I want to etch that into... <laughs> or no, you know what? Needle merch. Points. You gotta pillow, have merch. Pillow, pillow needle points? That'll yes. Be, yeah, they'll be up, on, uh, be up on Amazon next month. So I love that. that. I'm only kind of kidding. Um, <laughs> cool. 
So, being that this is the first episode, um, yeah. I wanted to try something. I wanted to try a segment. Ooh. I really like segments. I'm big on segments. Okay. Um, this might be the only time it ever happens. <laughs> yeah. We'll give it a shot. So, what I want to call this segment is, how do we feel about that? Mm-hmm. And the thing that I want us to discuss how we feel about it is, so, um, I love Seth Meyers. I love his comedy. I think he and his entire writing team are absolutely hilarious. Yeah. And um, they post jokes to Instagram sometimes. And mm-hmm. one that I saw recently was a joke that said, um, female dragonflies will often fake their own deaths so mm-hmm. that they don't have to mate with male dragonflies. Mm. And uh, the joke was, same, said women on Tinder. Mm. And, you know, face value, that's very funny, and I'm sure it got a big laugh when it was on the air, but yeah. um, it really stung when I saw that. Yeah. Um, so... How do we feel about that? I'm, you know what? I'm just going to talk about it, and then I want to find out how you Good. feel about this, yeah. too. Okay, so um, when... Dating is funny, for sure. There's no doubt about that. But when dating is made fun of, or single women are made fun of, in a way that comes from a place of assuming that our lives suck, and assuming that not only do they suck, that that's just what we have to put up with, that's just the norm for us, that's just the way things are, Mm -hmm. that tends to make me really upset. So making a joke out of the fact that, you know, we have to deal with a lot of bullshit on Tinder, Mm -hmm. why is that the joke? Why is the joke not aimed at the men who are feeding us the bullshit? It's typically just like, it's always aimed toward the woman, and the woman is the one that has to sort of bear the crap involved in dating. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really don't like that. So how do we feel about that? I feel pretty shitty about um, just sort of assuming that life is awful for women on Tinder. It is. It's very true. (laughs) Um, But I don't necessarily like being the butt of that joke. And I know that everything, you can make a joke about absolutely everything. Everything is fair game, and I would never censor comedy in a million years. But um, I still want to use that joke as motivation to change the perspective of single women and change the discussion around single women so that when we make these jokes in the future, Mm -hmm. it can come from a more positive place. Um, So that's how I feel about that. I don't know how you feel about that. Totally. I mean, so I, I think a lot of times for comedy, I also believe like, you know, we should be able to joke about anything or in a way you're, you're sort of, uh, making something not okay, which then makes it different and wrong. So you, so you sort of don't want to do that as a comedian. However, um, like when I joke about my eating disorder, um, and I can because it's my trauma, right. you know? So I'm allowed to take my situation and talk about it. So I think one reason we are having trouble with the Seth Meyers thing is it's coming from a white man. Yeah, A white man is telling me like how a woman should feel and like, the safety that she feels. If that joke were coming from a woman, and my prediction is it was written by a woman in his fema- in his staff, like... Who's, like, living that Who's reality. living that, right. Yeah. And everyone laughed when she said it, and then it's like, he's gonna say it. Uh, that's the issue. Like, I wouldn't want to hear a, a, a white man make a joke about race either. It's yeah. like, I... You're I, not in it, so you're not please in don't it. make this joke. Yeah, and it's like... Because if, if, you know, I said it as a single woman, I'm sure I'd have, like, a little rebuttal after. Or it's, like, she can, like, she's joking about her own safety, so it's fine. But yeah. he shouldn't joke about her safety. I agree. You know? Or her just shitty situation that, like, it, yeah. this is where we have to date now. Right. Why is that, like, I mean, you know, animals, 
obviously have to, I mean, I'm sad for the dragonfly, to be honest. I'm sad for her. As am I. She (laughs) shouldn't have to fake her own death to be comfortable. Right. She should use her wing. Like, sometimes I love in the animal habitat or the animal world how, like, the the woman finds the man or, like, she could kill him. The prey mantis or something, (laughs) you know, can fucking kill this dude during sex because, like, she's in charge and, like, men are never weaker than when they're about to orgasm. Fair. Like, I can't help but when I am staring at a man's face during that time to be like, I could just cut him, like, karate chop him in the throat. You know? What would they do? What I would mean, they do? He's at his truly weakest moment. So, oh man, you know, you can't help but think like, why is that animal we so much weaker? I don't like that, and and is putting up with that, or is but. The point is we don't want to have to deal with the consequences because we've all been a female in a situation where you're like, no, thank you. And a guy has gotten mean or loud or angry. So I feel like you you go back to that and you say something that will, quote, protect you. And probably make a joke. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, when I was 16 and I worked at a restaurant, there was a man who would corner me and tell me he wanted to have my children. Oh, God. And I thought I was so nervous and uncomfortable. My brother worked there, too. My older brother. And he was a waiter, so I told my brother, like, can you tell him, like, not to do it anymore? Um, and my brother came back later and said, like, I took care of it. And I was like, oh, great, what'd you do? He's like, I told him you were a lesbian. And <laughs> <laughs> we're going to need another episode for all of that. You know, just to unpack that. But also I was like, well, I don't want to lie. Like, the whole thing is, no, he just can't do that. Right. That's more what I wanted you to tell him, not... That I'm, you know, it's the dead or gay. Has to change. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. The behavior has to change. The way that we deal with it doesn't mm-hmm. have to change. We should never have to deal with it in the first place. Right. That's how I feel about that. Totally. I've been doing a thing which I encourage every woman to do if they're getting airdropped randomly, like on the train, is to take a picture of that. Take a picture of that shit and share it. Yeah. Don't let people get away with this garbage anymore. No. It also says, like, what iPhone, iPhone, whatever. I mean, they can change it, but the point is, put them on blast. I wish it was acceptable, like, if you do get airdropped in a crowded subway or something like that, to just audibly say, Steve, 457 Gandalf, please don't send me this ever again. Like, just call them out and embarrass them so maybe there's some consequence from the trash behavior so that maybe they don't do it again to another woman. But the focus seems to always be on women, you have to deal with this, and here's how to deal with it, instead of, men, stop doing this, Mm -hmm. because women should never have to deal with it in the first place. Right. Anyway. (laughs) So, um, Jesse, tell me what your least favorite part about being single is. Um, I think my least favorite part about being single is the amount of time that, like, people talk about it. Yes. You know, I don't like that it's my fam like send to family when I see them it's like not not even how's your job normally one of the first things is like are you seeing anyone I'm like oh god why would that make you think I'm happy or doing well or because then you're putting this value on something it's similar to when if you've struggled with weight and you've lost weight unhealthily and people are like oh my god you look so great now reinforcing the bad behavior exactly because you're like did i look bad before and also like 
why are you seeing such value in like my cry for help almost? Why is it the first question? That's what I want to know is mm-hmm. if a woman is single, that is always the first topic of conversation. I have done quite a bit of thinking about this. And yeah. part of it is that most of the time that question comes from people you perhaps haven't seen in a long time mm-hmm. or that you don't see on the regular. They're not your like standing Tuesday night, pasta right. night with a friend. And they simply don't know enough about your current life or current situation to engage beyond that. And it's a very safe place for them to land. Sure. But I'd like to take away the safety of that place. I mean, have you ever asked someone, how's your marriage? Never. Right. I'm like, how's your marriage? Is it tense or are things going okay? How often are you having sex? Like, or do you not want me to ask that? Because you'd probably bring it up if there were problems or whatever. Like, I've never asked, how's your relationship going? Like, how's Tom? But it, I mean, that could be a friend. I think it's more like, yeah, how's the marriage going? It would be such a weird question. They'd be like, what? That's personal. So is. Right. Are you seeing anybody? Right. That's really personal too. Right. And if we are, by the way, if we are seeing someone amazing, we will tell you. Believe me, I'll put it on blast. I mean, (laughs) seriously. Right. That's, I couldn't agree more. I get that all the time. Yeah. Um, and I'm really over it. And I'm really over that being the first question that people ask. And I want to, one of the, the resources and tools I would like to offer anyone listening are just sort of like, you know, alternatives. Right. How you can suggest um, to people that they can start conversations in other ways. Mm-hmm. Um, the easiest one is, so are you traveling anywhere? Right. Any fun trips planned? Anything like that? Right. And don't ask who you're going with. Because it's fine if they're going alone. Right. It's just, you know, do you have anything cool and exciting that's happening in your life right now that you want to share? Yeah. Or um, work is also a super safe place to land. Right. Or just, you know, how are you? Right. A very simple how are you rather than so are you seeing anybody? Right. If I hear it one more time, I am going to start asking how people's marriages are. That's, I think that's the plan. Maybe that's know? the plan. Uh, oh, like, oh, how's dating? It's going well. How's the marriage? Yep. You know, <laughs> we're making changes over How here. How is the marriage? Why changes. not? I think if anything, they'll be like, "Oh, that's a weird question." It's like same, <laughs> cool, <laughs> interesting. What you asked me was also weird. Yeah, it was also uncomfortable. And like, maybe we could stop doing that. Yeah, I find also when I have talked about dating, it is because I'm unsure about something and going in an anxious spiral. Yeah. If I had a great day and feel confident in it, I don't need to talk about it. If anything, I'll be like, I'll jinx it. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. I don't want to talk about it. We won't talk about the good things no. until we're engaged. Exactly. Yeah. Put a ring on it and then I'm happy to scream it from the mountains. But sure. yeah, I mean, truly, like, if it's going badly, I'll notice that I talk about it, which then tricks my brain into thinking I'm spending more time with him and I'm building him up. In actuality, I'm like, listen, keep that on lock. Yeah. Maybe in therapy. But other than that, like... I don't need to monopolize a conversation with something that has nothing to do with like who I am or how I'm doing. Totally agree. Because if he misinterprets a text, like good on, good for him. Yeah. You know, it's kind of enough time spent. Yeah. On this particular topic. Totally. Agreed. My least favorite thing mm. is the feeling of failure. And mm. it's not a feeling of failure that comes from inside me because I don't think I'm a failure. That feeling comes from other reactions to me. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't yeah. matter how successful I am or what great new job or great new opportunity. There is yeah. always this tinge, like a tint, like an Instagram filter of failure over all of it because I did it alone. Yeah. I do not like feeling that way. I, I'm not here for that feeling at all. And I actively combat that feeling as often as possible. Yeah. I do not like feeling like I am a failure because I am missing one thing. 
And, by the way, you're not missing anything. More to the point. That's precisely it. You know? It's like, you're not missing a thing. You're you're just... I mean, people come and go in your life. Yeah. Friends. Family. Lovers. Whatever. The point is, the people that are around you during that time are just as valuable as one person who just sleeps in your bed. Right. And the one person who sleeps in my bed is pretty valuable, too. And that's me. That's right. You know what I mean? That, like yeah, exactly. Uh, it, whatever I do and whoever I am holds as much success and as much value yes. um, as the partnered version of myself will one day hold. If anything, it makes it like, sometimes I think about the fact that it's like, and we're surviving on paying the full rent, by the way. <laughs> How much time do you have? To, do you have the rest of the day? <laughs> yeah. Do you have the rest of the I day? I do. Okay. This could be a lot lengthier than either of us planned. Right. Uh, yeah, the money thing is also... It's true. It's like, yeah, and I did it uh, by myself. Like, yeah. uh, by my own. The only thing that makes me feel guilty is sometimes in my mother's eyes, like, the Jewish guilt of, like, my mom being nervous about her getting older because yeah, that's the only part that I, I, I have trouble with because I just want her to know I'm okay. Yeah. And for, you know, that generation and, like, I understand. It's like she just wants to know, like, I'm not... For sure. I think my mother wants to know more than anything that I'm always going to be okay. Right. Even though if you were married, that's not true. I know, right? (laughs) Oh my God, you're going to worry my mother so much. Mom, I'm fine. (laughs) I'm fine. Oh my God, no, she's fine because she's literally a badass and she's amazing and like she's making anything she wants coming true. She's starting a podcast. Look at her. Like she doesn't need anything other than herself. Thank you. You are crushing it. She will appreciate that very much. Yes. What's your mother's name? Her name is Stephanie. Hey girl. Hey Stephanie. (laughs) Steph. Steph. Love that. I have one more question for you. Yeah. What is your favorite part about being single? Oh my God. My favorite part about being single is I get to think about myself all the time. Like, it's cool to be selfish and you better believe I am. Like, I almost forget what it means to compromise sometimes. Like, because oh, yeah. I never have to and that's the best. Ever. You know, uh, like I get to lean into whatever feelings I'm having, whether it's like a day we don't open the curtains. <laughs> And that's a choice I'm making. It's really all up to you. From morning to night. Yeah. It is all up to... That is a great one. I love that. I love selfish as a really, like, key component of loving being single. I think that's a huge, like, cornerstone of being single. It's just sort of that... Yeah. That selfishness that you don't have to feel bad for either, because who's around to notice? Well, also, like, right, it's not... I think I, I tweeted one time something about, like, uh, am I sad I'm not in a relationship? Like, no, I love being selfish. Yeah. Same. Like, I'm not willing to compromise yet, you There's know? There's no one else on the Netflix. Right. No one's skipping ahead. I'm, right. like, exactly where I was the last yep. time I, like, was there. Um, halfway through True Detective Season 3, by the way, and I oh. gotta tell you, I'm into it. Mazel, good for you. Anyway. True Detective. That's yeah. a really good one. I, I don't have to run by purchases. Oh, the not having to get approval on right. purchases of any kind is so good. That is exactly what my... So my favorite part about being single is freedom. Mm-hmm. And that's a really big component of it. That freedom to spend money the way you want, when you want. Save money when you right. want. Without a discussion with anyone else. It's not even a fight. 
there's just not even the need for discussion. Right. It just happens. You can just do whatever you want. The freedom to do literally whatever you want at all times. Yeah. I like to travel to the same place every year. I feel like that would be a discussion. Like, we went there last year, honey. Maybe we go somewhere else this year. Maybe we don't. Maybe I go without you. Farewell. That's what's going to happen when I am dating someone, by the way. I'm just going to keep going. My mom does that. She'll still go to trips, like, to Europe or, like, Paris. She just went by herself for 10 days. Oh, amazing. And I love it. She's a badass. Yeah. That's where you go? Yeah, I go to Paris every year. (gasps) How fun. And some would say... One of the most romantic... <laughs> it's not. Oh, my God. There's, I don't think so either. There's way too much dog shit on the street Ugh. for Paris to be romantic. You should know that. It's too touristy. It's super touristy. If you want to make Paris romantic, there are ways to do it for sure, and I have a lot of thoughts on this, because there are wonderful romantic parts of Paris, yeah. but it's not this place that's so romantic that you should be deterred. No. For sure. Um, I have never been to Italy. I love Italy. I've never been in my life, been dying to go, and it's always been that place that I was saving. You know, the mm-hmm. place that you save for when you're with someone? And I wrote about that in a piece that I wrote for Refinery29, and I thought that this year I should put my money where my mouth is and actually go to Italy alone. Yes. So I am going to go to Italy alone this fall and cross that off the list. I'm so stoked Good for to you. Go. I'll tell you where to go. There are great places. Um, Cinque Terre, you got to go to. That's what people are saying. Yeah, it's really great. Oh my God, I'm so excited. And certain toe I loved. We will uh, We'll plan my trip when we're, yes. when we're done here. <laughs> Um, thank you so, so much for chatting with me. I can't thank you enough. I hope that everyone listening was really able to, um, identify with what you were saying and hopefully feel better about things in general and, and more than anything, just realize that we are a lot of things, but alone is not one of them. Oh, yes. Thank you so much for listening to this first episode of a single serving podcast. I genuinely appreciate it. If you liked what you heard, there are two ways you can support the podcast first by subscribing and second by leaving a review. You can also join a private Facebook group called a single serving podcast. And I'm on Instagram as well at a single serving podcast. Please also follow my guest, Jesse Jollis. Her social media information will be below in the show notes and please check out her series on YouTube. It's absolutely hilarious. I really appreciate you guys listening. Thank you so much and I will see you next Monday.